0: Effective leadership teams are definitely a cornerstone of helping an organization be more effective. Hey guys, it's your girl Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business
1: Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy Joey Price. What are the characteristics of a great leadership team, and how can leaders set their teams up for success? If you've been wondering these questions about your business, well, you've tuned into the right podcast. This week we are talking with Jack McGinnis, who is a leadership coach and he is the managing partner of Relationship Impact. Now Jack developed a passion for building and leading exceptional teams while serving in the US Army's prestigious 10th Mountain Division. He has over 25 years of experience working with leadership teams at organizations big and small across many different industries. And he co-founded Relationship Impact, a consulting firm focused on working with CEOs to unlock the potential of their leadership teams. Another cool thing about Jack is that he serves as a senior professional instructor at the Johns Hopkins Carey School of Business, where he teaches courses on strategic management and human capital, and is a contributing writer for Chief Executive Magazine. He also holds an MBA from the Hagen School of Business at Iona College and a BS in engineering management from the United States Military Academy. Go West Point. Jack-, <laughs> Jack has an incredible expertise and in business experience that you will want to tune into today. Hey, Jack, thanks for coming on to the podcast.
0: Uh, Joey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Man, I don't think I've ever enjoyed reading someone's bio as much as yours, just because you hit on a lot of topics that are interesting to me, specifically with the whole leadership aspect. Tell us a little bit about your service in the 10th Mountain Division. Sure.
0: Well, yeah, it was big. It was sort of foundational for me in terms of my initial learning on leadership. So, yeah, I was that just like a lot all my classmates and a lot of folks that you know come out of ocs and rtc i was commissioned a second lieutenant and then i was placed in a went to a couple different schools like airborne school and ranger school and the infantry officer basic class and course and um, through that training was given an assignment to be an infantry platoon leader with the 10th mountain division and the experience was all that training was great, but the on-the-job training that I got from a couple different groups of people. Obviously, my the the officer cadre, my company commander, my battalion commander, and and the uh, you know the officer staff were instrumental. But really, the the non-commissioned officer staff, my platoon sergeant. I think I was 22 at the time. I had a 35-year-old platoon leader and uh, or a platoon sergeant, and he had a wealth of experience behind him. Was, you know, it's a pretty prestigious unit. So he had risen the ranks and gotten some good assignments in a prestigious unit. And, and I learned so much from him right out of the starting gate. And it was just a couple of lessons that I I sort of impart with the, with the executive teams I work with now is the importance of knowing what you know and also trying to figure out what you don't know and, and doing the best you can to learn what you don't know. And I had I had the benefit of working with a platoon sergeant who you know, he worked for me, so to speak. But, you know, I really learned so much from him and I listened and I uh, didn't always listen at first, but he very gently helped me (laughs) become a better listener, I guess is one way of putting it, because he had, you know, I I, when I showed up, I thought I was supposed to know how to lead and how to be a great platoon leader. And, you know, frankly, I, I, I was green. I didn't I didn't know that much. So I learned a lot from him and I learned the gift of being able to receive feedback, in a, you know, in a, in a constructive way.
1: Yeah. And we'll touch on feedback in uh, a few questions down the line. But I want to start with you work with CEOs on a daily basis mm-hmm. and there have to be some trends that you're seeing. What are some common leadership faux pas that you help CEOs correct? Sure.
0: There'll be some recurring themes throughout the course of this discussion, I'm sure, because they typically uh, do come up when I talk to clients or talk to others about this topic the unique role that I play or me and my partner and I play in the work that we do is we work with CEOs, but we work with CEOs in the context of their executive teams. We, we more consider ourselves team coaches than executive coaches because we work in the construct of the, the executive and his or her team. So the common themes that we see are just I'll start with what I started with is feedback. We spend a lot of time up front with with our CEOs that we're working with because we're typically hired by a CEO and we're helping them with the skill at being able to receive feedback well, because if they're looking to improve some dysfunction on their team or build a foundation for building a new team. The ability of the CEO to be able to model, uh, receiving feedback well. And by, by that, I mean just a few things, uh, being receptive to it, not rationalizing, you know, negative or constructive feedback, not being overly defensive when feedback is given and, you know, not being passive aggressive or taking it out on others or whatever. Because if you are trying to create an environment of from one state to another, that involves, things changing both structurally and behaviorally, then the leader really needs to be able to model the ability to get feedback. So folks don't really feedback is not easy to to get all of the time. And in, in a role in your role as a CEO, folks are sometimes apprehensive to give feedback. So so it's important for the CEO, the leader to be able to demonstrate that he or she's willing to receive it. Number two, I I think that kind of goes along with feedback is we see a lot. We see te- executive teams that we work with get in trouble because of their inability to confront each other well. And, you know, conflict is one way of putting it. But, but it actually, just if something they see something going off, Kilter, or or they see something that they don't like. Uh, the ability of confronting my colleague and giving my colleagues some feedback, or suggesting a different course of action or alternative course of action. That skill, I think, is um, those two related skills are severely missing in most of the organizations that we work with, frankly. And if I look back in my own career, you know, I wasn't uh, a master at it either. So you know, it was. <laughs> I was somewhat defensive and, you know, and it is uncomfortable sometimes to to challenge others. But if you're if you're really looking to build a functioning executive team, the ability to confront each other well um, and discuss the most important things that are that are on your you know on your plate in a productive way is, is critical. So those I would say that those are the two biggest trends that we we see in the work that we do, and they've been consistent over the time that we've been doing this.
1: Okay, so it's issues that circle around communication and uh, whether or not you're doing that effectively. Now, would you say that the CEOs that you work with want to know their feedback or? Are CEOs, in your experience, more like, I know everything, I know how to lead this organization, and I just need you to fall in line? What's been the profile of some of the CEOs that you work with?
0: Well, by default, the CEOs that we work with are at least wanting to get better at you know, confrontation and feedback, no question about there, because you know, those that don't typically won't engage with us.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: So, so uh you know and and it has happened I've been you know I've had a fire myself before where you're a couple months into a piece of work and you know part of the work that we do is getting individuals, Not just the CEO, but all the folks on the team to make commitments to behavioral commitments. How how am I going to be a more effective team member for this team at this point in time in this team's journey? And so, you know, I had one experience. I'm at the lunch with a CEO and she has not been following through on some basic commitments, basically Pitting people, pitting her executives against each other, rather than getting them to talk to each other, she sort of played the referee role, and you know, it was it was sort of getting in the way of the team working as effectively as it could be. And we talked about it several times. She'd gotten feedback, and and I just said, "You you don't really want to do this, do you?" And uh, she said, "Uh, "No, I don't." I Mm -hmm. said, "Well." I think you should stop paying me then
1: <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: so we did we parted on good terms but you know she really wasn't committed to doing the work that she needed to, to build the team yeah uh, that, that being said, she, you know, I'm often challenged on, you know, well, is this a panacea for, you know, the success of an organization? And, you know, I wish it was. It's not. I think it can help. And I think it's more effective leadership teams are, are definitely, you know, a, a cornerstone of, of helping an organization be more effective. But this woman bought and sold several companies and was wildly successful. I would argue that the folks working there were miserable, but financially, did, they did great.
1: Yeah. Well, so you talk about a a CEO who is leading a chaotic organization for a lead team that wants to make sure that they've got the right people on board. What are some tips that you would give to build a great leadership team?
0: Sure. Well, you know, it goes back to, you know, first of all, the the leader's got to model behaviors that they're expecting of others. You know, it could be follow through that could be, you know, living up to your, your own commitments. It could be holding yourself accountable, holding others accountable, whatever, whatever those things are. And, and, and then he or she has to model those behaviors. Number two is that I, I think most executives and most business people will jump right into structural solutions for solving most problems. So. If we're having problems with our team being in sync or there's a level of dysfunction, folks aren't really seeing eye to eye and they're, they're beating each other and I have to play the referee as the CEO whatever the, whatever the issues are, it's very easy to jump to, okay, we need to fire someone. Uh, we need to bring in some new blood. Uh, we need to change how we're meeting. We need to put some new metrics in place. We need a new plan of attack. With, and, and all those things are very valuable, very relevant, very important. But they often don't get at the root issue behind the challenges the team is facing. So from our perspective, it's really important to really get at a deeper understanding of what are, what are the issues that the team is facing and what parts of those issues are structural and what parts of those issues are relational. You know, because a lot of times bad structure and we see this in young, growing organizations that are just kind of just doing everything they can, rolling up their sleeves and growing and not a lot of structure in place. And then you, you're trying to build a team and people are duplicating efforts or tripping over each other and and the relational dynamics suffer because people start making assumptions about why why is she doing that? I was supposed to do that, or I mean it seems like she got he got credit for that and I didn't. And and so you build up some uh, you know, you, you start you start losing a little trust sometimes yeah. and, and the dynamics fall down. So really getting a sense of both the structural and the relational challenges that the team is facing at any one point in time and not just making an assumption that by solving, addressing us, uh, the problem with a structural solution is going to get you exactly what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. And what are some of the ways that you can measure a leadership team's effectiveness?
0: Sure. There's There's a few ways. Right. And so the first is obviously the business results that the executive team has a responsibility for achieving, whether, you know, it's a new product introduction, it's sales and growth metrics, it's, uh, you know, earnings, whatever those those metrics are for that particular organization. Obviously, the leadership team is tied to those. And the work that we do is what we try to do is put some objective measures on sort of a subjective a fairly subjective topic. So we measure at the beginning of the work that we do a number of structural dimensions and a number of relational dimensions. And we have the team look at itself and evaluate those 14 dimensions, seven structural, seven relational. We also oftentimes will have the board evaluate or an advisory board evaluate the team. And always will have the direct reports of the executive team evaluate the team on those 14 dimensions as well. And really, what it does, is it provides a baseline for the team to measure itself on, you know, from point A to point Z. And uh, and so we'll do it six months in. And oftentimes, I just I just went back about a year and a half after an engagement and took another took another picture with them on those 14 dimensions. And there are things like. How constructively do we interact with each other you now how effectively do we make decisions how 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 effective are we at deploying resources Th- those types of those types of dimensions and obviously there's some correlations between them and, and uh, we use an outside I- instrument from a, an organization called team coaching international it's called the team diagnostic you know, been around for a while validated a reliable instrument and um, it really it's it's been a powerful powerful tool in terms of measuring the effectiveness of
1: a team nice well Jack you've definitely provided a lot of food for thought for a, a young executive or a leader looking to kind of assess their leadership structure, the leadership team, how well they are at giving and receiving feedback. What are some ways that people can connect with you? And what are some final thoughts that you'd give for our audience today?
0: Sure so it's easy to connect with me it's uh, our website is relationship-impact.com and um for all of your listeners Joey I have there's a complimentary offer on our website that, that's limited to CEOs presidents and general managers it's a, it's the ability for the team leader the CEO to take a look at it, the effectiveness of its of its leadership team on those seven of those seven structural and and seven relational dimensions. So that's um, and I'll, I debrief with the CEO over the phone and just give them come, come some thoughts and ideas based on my experience working with other teams. Those are two ways you can connect. You know, we do monthly webinars. We also, um, I also write for Chief Executive Magazine. All that stuff is on, on the website. What are some final thoughts? I, I think a final thought is that leading an executive team is not as simple as it otherwise would appear.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: leading a team in general, I don't think we're, there's a lot of training um, and development done on how to lead teams effectively. So I would really encourage those CEOs that are listening to just step back and take a look at how effective your team is from a structural and a relational perspective and be open to hearing stuff that you don't, maybe don't want to hear. You don't have to agree with it all, but open, open to hearing some stuff that you may not want to hear because you might find a nugget of truth in there. Just read a great article, Joey. You may, you may have seen it in uh, the the latest issue of uh, Harvard business review. It's something I think it's called a business case for curiosity. Mm. And um, it's just a great discussion on and it's a study that was done and and all the way they do their stuff uh, on the power of inquiry and being curious rather than defensive awesome
1: well jack it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today we are local so i expect to grab some coffee with you soon and uh hope you enjoy the rest of your day thanks Joey. appreciate your time if you've recently started a business why take away time from what you're good at only to focus on difficult pesky hr problems Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to BusinessNewsDaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit Jumpstart-HR.com for more information or follow on Twitter at JumpstartHR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to US-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together.